Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of A Journey Through Time and Stuff. My name is Aaron. Coming at you hot on a Monday, because Monday is the day. Fuck my squeaky chair. I need to really, that must be like the most annoying thing about this is my fucking chair squeaks and I have WD-40 and grease and all the time to make sure my fucking chair doesn't not squeak when I just cross my legs or turn my butt a little bit or something like that or just sit forward. I don't know why it's so noticeable to me right now. Um, I'm coming at you on a Monday, everybody, and there's two big reasons for this. Uh, Saturday... We put down uh, our dog, Kina, and I wasn't going to do a podcast Saturday. And last night, I was prepared to do a podcast, and I ended up having a wonderful conversation with uh, one of my best friends and my dad. And I was ready to get on here and talk a lot about it, and I would have been incredibly emotional and... Uh, unfocused. Um, I think I was prepared to say things I were that didn't need said. Uh, I was, I, and having the conversation with them that I had allowed me to kind of reprocess some of my feelings and thoughts. And you know, it's a second day after that. Um. And so I, 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 I think I have a much more streamlined take on on what I really wanted to convey for this episode. It's going to be short. It's going to be short and sweet. Um, this is the content it is, you know. Um, <clears throat> Kina was the the pet I, that I had in my life longer than any other pet. She was born. In December of 2010, we got her in the spring, in end of May, beginning of June. The date, exactly the day we got her, is a little hazy. Um, somewhere in the very end of May, beginning of June of 2011. And we got her, and she was right about six months old. And just the littlest ball of fucking fire, man. She was a crazy dog. And it took a lot of growth on my end to just not be frustrated and, you know, get to her in a way, connect with her in a way where, where she'd listen. And it took a long time. Um, we had her all through, I mean, obviously, 2011, 2012, it was just, we were living uh, at the Thrash Palace, Nick's house back in the day early fighting silence pad days and she'd come out camping with us and she was just a ball of fire man and then in the beginning of 2013 brutus was born and now she had a another family member and it changed her and then we moved down here and that that kind of all in combination changed her for the better she grew up a little bit and became just a little bit more of a kind of pay attention type dog. You know, she was two and a half or something like that. Almost three. When we moved down here, she turned three in Portland. Um, and she was just, she was the best dog. She'd walk on porch, she'd jump up and walk on porch railings and 
hunt mice and groundhogs and uh, love to chase squirrels and birds and um, always thought she'd get them too. You know, and she was a runner, man. She would run. She'd swim. Uh, she was too smart for fetch. She she didn't get it, or she got it actually. She, the first time I really threw a ball for her, she'd go, she'd run and get it, bring it back to me. And the second time I threw it, she'd watch that ball go and bounce and goes, "I'm not your, I'm not your plaything." You know, where where's my reward out of this? Um, and that's the kind of dog she was. She was her own thing. She didn't. Uh, she would push boundaries. She would always push rules. Brutus was a listener and a follower, and he was just that good, good dog. And she was a, the best dog too, man. And, and she was just her own thing. She was an alien. Everybody who ever met her said she's just a weird dog, man. She's unlike any other kind. And um, she had a, she lived a long, full life. Never had any health issues up until the end. You know, my. Um, <laughs> I've made the analogy in the last couple of days that, uh, you know, this one was really hard. I, I got her when I was 24 and I'm 36. That's one third of my life spent with the, 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 the most beautiful animal on the planet. And um, I'm grateful for every one of that. She, If she was a fighter, she would have gone basic, you know, 13 and 0. Uh, and, and retired with that that record you know brutus went nine and one and uh he had a battle that he went through and lost and then came back and tried to fight again and ultimately it took him and he went through a lot of fighting and a lot of pain and you know luckily for her she had her seizure we took her in she had a cancerous mass on her uh, spleen which is a risky procedure especially for a 12 year old dog and uh in the two weeks from when we took her in, we couldn't see anything. That thing grew to where we could now at the end, we could see the bulge in her stomach where it was in just two weeks. It came on that fast. You know, she lived, she couldn't, that, that thing couldn't have been there more than a couple months probably. And we didn't know until whatever it was that night affected her and caused a seizure. It wasn't the mass probably, but something, you know, wore her down enough or triggered something where she did. <laughs> but um, it was amazing. It was a, a, a wonderful send-off. We did the same thing as the as with Brutus through the same company. Um, they came to our house to uh, put her to sleep. And, you know, just like Brutus, she went in our arms and crying and tears and love and um, some weird things, man. It's, and we didn't plan it this way, but we find out as, uh, they take casts of their paws for us. So we get a, a little cast of their paw. And, um, when, when we did Brutus's, I stamped in there in the clay as it was still drying the date, his birth date and death date, you know, I wanted to keep it. And so as, they they left and Kina left and we were sitting there and I said oh, I gotta I gotta put the date in in real fast while it's still well the clay is still wet and um, I went back to grab Brutus's thing we knew it was close but it was on the day the same day the twentieth of May um <laughs> one year apart from each other 
you know, and it was the same doctor who uh, helped Brutus finally rest, uh, was the same one that helped Kena. And um, it just all kind of worked out in this weird, serendipitous way. And um, yeah, we spent the day just relaxing and, and kind of taking ourselves. Yesterday, we went on a beautiful hike. Thank you, Court and Janae, for, for joining us on a, on a wonderful hike. Um, to get out in nature and just enjoy laughter and company and uh, good food with friends. That helped a lot. Um, yeah, it was it was a wonderful it was a wonderful weekend. And then <clears throat> today we got a dog. Today we got a puppy. Um, it just worked out through a lot of stuff. You know, it's it's one of those lesson teaching moments for me to just never really cast out anyone in in cast uh you know don't judge people i've been working on this guy this guy's car for probably the last six years and let me just say this i find him to be quite a unsavorable person toward uh my views um he he just rubs me the wrong way and he's arrogant and boisterous and says hurtful things and thinks it's, they're all in jokes because the people that it could offend aren't there or within earshot or whatever it is. You know, he's that type of, that type of man. Um, and I have a working semi relationship with him. Just, I've, worked on a bunch of his cars for a long time and um he was in last thursday and it's like hey you know kind of rolling my eyes because he always has some smart ass thing to say and he goes how's my favorite mechanic this this week and i was just in a mood to not uh not wait wave around pleasantries and be false for for uh you know <laughs> happiness's sake and i said well if i told you i was happy i'd be lying to you and he got this look on his face and he goes well it's wrong you never say it you, you know you had this look like that's weird this is out of character of you and i told him you know i said man i have a almost 13 year old dog i have to put down in two days and uh i've had her since she was a puppy and uh, it's one year apart from the la our last dog. And he looked at me and he goes, well, shit, do you want a dog? Want a puppy? And I go, what? And he goes, my girlfriend's Doberman knocked up my bird dog poodle. And uh, we got puppies. Do you want one? And I looked at him I'm like, what? And he goes, seven months old. They're Dober doodles. Great dogs. And I was like, what holy shit i gotta i gotta think about this man i mean yeah it sounds great but how, i mean how much you want for me he goes no fuck it i'll give you one what you'll give me a doberman poodle mix uh so he texted me later a picture 
me and Beth were talking about it. Like, man, when should we do it? When should we do it? And Friday morning I get to work and he's there at 8 a.m. When he knows I'd be getting there with the puppy. And he goes, I wanted you to meet him. And he is just the cutest little brown poodle thing ever, man. He has big old ears. They already docked his tail, which it's that is what it is. He has a little nub butt, and it's funny. And uh, so that was Friday, and we said, "All right, we'll take him on Monday." And so part of this weekend was not only losing Kina, uh, saying goodbye to her, but also cleaning the house, getting rid of a lot of the things she needed. You know, senior dog medications and arthritis stuff, and all of that that we don't need for a seven month old puppy. And, uh, we went out and bought a new dog bed and all these type of things. You know, we got to do a little ritualistic preparation. And then today at lunch, he showed up at my work and he goes, here's your dog. And, uh, handed me him. His name is bear. We're going to change it. It's weird. All of our other dogs have been two syllable name dogs. I feel like it's the best name it's the best amount of syllables for a dog to have to call it because you can go, you know, it was Kina or Brutus. Like you have that two name, that two syllable thing. And all of my dogs, I had Kina, Brutus, Ginger, uh, Copper, Kobe. Um, oh, we had one dog named Butch, but my dad named it that because he said he was tired of giving dogs good names and them dying. So if he gave a dog a shit name, then maybe it wouldn't die so fast. And it did, it just disappeared one day. Um, but Butch, God, that dog was so dumb. Um, very short-lived uh, experience in our family. Um, cats, Tigger, Nala, Simba. Um, it, it's two-syllable names. It's always been two-syllable names. I mean, even my friend's dogs are two-syllable names. Tundra. Um, Beth's mom's dogs are all two-syllable name dogs. Abby and Luna. And, uh, I mean, you, you know, you got, it's, it's just the name. It's, I, it's, we, and so we, we got bear and you could do like bear dog or something like that. Um, and he's just the sweetest little fucking canoodler, lanky, skinny, long legs. You know, he's a poodle and I've always wanted one. The Doberman mix is neat. They're both intelligent dogs. Uh, the hypoallergenic things neat. Um, give him a mohawk, you know, cool stuff like that. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what we're going to name him. My dad had a dog for a long time named Bear Dog. And so to get another brown dog and have it, uh, it was named Bear is kind of fitting. Um, but I, I don't know if it actually fits his personality. He's, he's like a, it's hard, you know, we've only had him. Oh, excuse me. We've only had him a little bit, so it's hard to know yet. We'll give it a little bit. Um, may not change it. Who knows? See how it grows on us. He doesn't really come to it very well yet. He does. I don't think he knows it fully that that's his name yet. So I think it'll be easy to change it if we need to. Um, <clears throat> oh, I also want to thank uh, Elias and Tyler. You guys uh, helped me a lot through this time too. 
reaching out and uh, asking about it like you did, you too. Thank you, man. Both of you. Um, meant a lot to Beth and I. Specifically. So, yeah, that's that's what's up. Now we got a pup. We're, uh, we started over. I'm a dog man. I can't, can't live without one. Had one basically my whole life. And when I was in college and didn't have one, I was miserable about it. So, um, you know, life is what it is. And I'm going to miss my sunglass wearing, uh, growly, growly dog. Got me thinking though, I have one of my favorite pictures of her is this, this funny picture where she was on the couch and she was just sitting there acting funny. And so she would pose for us. She would do lots of stuff. I, we have pl- pictures of her in different sunglasses in different positions. She would sit in my chair and I put headphones on her and sat her in front of a microphone. So she looked like she was podcasting. Um, she was just all about it. She loved the attention. Um, and one of my favorite pictures of her is she's on, she's on a couch and she has these fucking aviators on and a beanie and she just looks like the chillest, like that's how life should be lived. And so pretty sure I'm going to, uh, take it and draw it, turn it into a cartoony looking drawing, not photorealistic by any means, but a cool cartoony line drawing, some thick and thin lines and, you know, animated a little bit. And, uh, I'm getting that fucking tattoo. Pretty sure I'm going to do it. Actually, I'm positive I'm going to do it. Um, just got to, got to keep it there. You know, she was, she was one of a kind. I'm going to miss the fuck out of her. But I was thinking, I had this fucking thought about uh, how cool she was wearing sunglasses and how how cool sunglasses make make you feel the wearer of them. You're just, especially when they're ones that you, you like, they, you like the way they fit your, all of that. And then it got me thinking about the move, you know, the, the, the pull down move, the sun, when you're wearing the sunglasses and you're making eye contact with someone, you want them to know you're looking at them. You tilt your head down and would take your fucking index finger on the bridge of your nose and just slide those glasses down a little bit. Or you, some people grab them by the side and do the side slide down always with the held, the head tilt and the eye gaze, um, and how cool that fucking moved feels to do and how cool it can actually be. Sometimes someone's looking at you like, Oh, they looking at me and then they tilt your head down. Oh, they're looking at me. Um, it's like, a, it's like a cool thing. Like, Oh, they were disguising it. And now they're letting me on the secret. Um, and it got me think, <laughs> it got me thinking, um, the first, I do this a lot. Something neat happens, something novel happens, um, and um, so yeah, something neat and novel happens, and I try to think of the first of those, and so the first guy to wear sunglasses ever, the first guy to, I never, I haven't looked it up, don't know who it is, I bet I can go find it, I don't really care who it is, the first guy to ever make sunglasses, glasses exist. There are people making glasses for people long before sunglasses exist. And then someone's like, man, we can take this glass we make and tint it and make it darker. And then it will block bright light. And somebody had that thought. 
and he like, I'm gonna make me some fucking gla- sun sun blocking glasses, some light blocking glasses, however they call them. They didn't call them sunglasses yet. I assume. I imagine that wasn't the first name. And if it was, the guy's a fucking genius. To co- I'm gonna build glasses that help the sun, help with the sun, the brightness outside. It's been un- unseasonably bright this af- this fall, so um, I'm gonna deal with it. I'm gonna work against nature up impeding on my eyes uh and make these sunglasses then he was walking around the first pair of sunglasses ever this dude was out there no one had seen sunglasses ever in i would guess some fucking ink british town fucking sunglasses what that guy is wearing glasses but we can't see his eyes with them and then that guy the first guy i would imagine it has to be him he also did the first glasses pull down right so he's walking around he's already james fucking dean with just sunglasses on everybody else is fucking dirty and has cracked and he has sunglasses and then one of his friends or a lady fancies or something like that he's looking at her with his glasses up and she's twirling her big umbrella uh with her nice fancy dress that's muddy on the bottom because you know everywhere's muddy um and oh look at she's showing just like the bottom third of her calf and he's like oh right and then he just i need to let her know and he does the move and pulls it down and her head explodes because nothing ever that fucking cool had happened in the history of the planet until that guy that one guy the sunglass inventor who did the first fucking pull that that was for a moment in time he was the coolest man on the planet he did an iconic move that would be pop culture style moves for the rest of time would have been this this thing referenced and done over again and the coolest people have done this move and gotten famous for it and people have replicated it and we we learn it everybody who wears sunglasses does that fucking move and one motherfucker way back in the day Invented sunglasses, did it for the first time, and had no clue. He was the coolest man alive at that point. There was a lot of other people. There's painters and 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 architects and all these things doing some shit. But to invent sunglasses and then do the pull down move, the head tilt pull down gaze reveal move. <sighs> I'll never be that fucking cool. I would like to. I would have loved. I mean, that would just be. The power that he didn't know he wielded in that moment is just crazy to think of me for a first. The first guy, man, Kina was that cool. She was that fucking cool. Cooler even than that fucking guy. I mean, yeah, he made, he, he made one of the best moves of all time, but no one wore sunglasses like a dog did, especially her. She'd just rock it. Made me think about that. How cool. Levels of cool. Firsts of cool. But, uh, yeah. That's where I'm at. That's what I got. Um, I knew this was going to be short. I don't have much else to say. And it, last night I would have dragged it on. It would have been something long and unlistenable and sad and I would have cried a lot in it 
Um, and through processing it through conversation with close friends and family, I didn't, it's no longer necessary to bring that level of uh, unhelpful emotion into something that's meant, that should have been this level, this respectful, this, a great cast off, um, and respectful to you as a listener. So, um, yeah, there's that. I'm still waiting for emails. I've gotten a couple, but I want to hear. So if you guys are listening to this and you want to join in in a game, you want to do something neat, I'm, I want to try something with the listeners who return to this podcast, who keep coming back, you guys who are, have listened through this ramble right now. Um, I I want to try and do something special that includes all of you. It's free. All you have to do right now is just email me. Say, I want to play a game or some other thing uh, at, at time, or email me at time and, at time and stuff pod at, why is that so hard for me to say? Time and stuff pod at gmail.com. Time and stuff pod, all undercased, all one word. Time and stuff pod at gmail.com. Email me. I want to play a game. I, I want to join your game. I want to, I want to. You could just say, I wanna, I'm in, send me a funny word, uh, persnickety or kitten caboodle or, or something, just, just anything. And if I get enough of you, I will do it. I will forge my plan out of just my brain into existence. And I think it'd be a lot of fun. Um, so if you're listening, do it. If you want to join me, do it. Um, and if enough of you join, I will. I love you all. Thank you for tuning into all this. I have some cool, really, truly cool guests coming up here, and I am very stoked about it. Um, so, yes, that's that for uh, for all of you out there. I love you. You know it. Uh, thanks for always tuning in and drive like you know each other.